Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. I'm Gav. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Pokemon Detective Pikachu, we don't have a tagline, which is why we rely on these big Hollywood studios to write ones for their films so that we can rob them each week. <laughs> Thank you very much for nothing. I mean, did anybody see a tagline for this? No, but, I was just trying, I can't even think of what tagline I'd give to it either. I choose you. Oh, well, that's, is that, that's my normal Pokemon tagline. Yeah. <laughs> just when you thought we couldn't sink any lower. Well, like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Low blow. Low blow there, off the gate. Uh, seriously, if you've never heard this show before, then hold on to your Pokeballs. <laughs> yeah, because Mewtwo <laughs> are in for a good time. Oh, well done. Yeah, redeemed it there. Right, if, if anybody listens to our future episode of Pokemon, next episode, I think it's the next episode that we're going to release. Uh, I make the same joke there, so just laugh at that one again, please, guys. Um, essentially, we're going to take a film and put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans to keep you entertained, though, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, and some silly sound effects, and a lot of banter as well. So this week's film on trial, as I mentioned before, is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. It is, sorry, it's uh, Pikachu, 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 Pikachu. Is it Pikachu or Pika Better Film? <laughs> <laughs> that worked better when I thought it was Pikachu. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a, a, a Pokemon sound effect, Ozzy. Pika, Pika! <laughs> yeah, there we go. He sounds like he's in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> So just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode, so if you haven't seen the film yet, it's still on at the cinema, so you can go and watch it and listen to this episode afterwards, or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to onto our quiz, this week brought to us by the lovely Joel, which we're going to highlight in the comments section below. Now before we go on, our last bonus episode, Film on Trial, was Avengers Endgame. Um, hang on, do I have an Avengers sound effect? Oh, hang on. Um, <laughs> that was my favourite bit in the film. Um, Scarlet Witch, guys, come on! Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. I'm sorry. Like literally. Um, anyway, so Ozzy, you judge that trial and you deem that it should be placed on the old hit list. Yeah. Yep. You've since gone away and watched it again. Yeah, I've watched it twice now, and, and um, I was I was wrong. It's a it, well, no, I was right. It's a hit. I was wrong with my opinion of the film that it wasn't a good film. Yeah, I think I watched it again. I've had. A, good few discussions with people and um a lot of the things i didn't like was just um i don't know i think i just missed a few bits between other films so it didn't get the references occasionally but spot on i think they did a really good job and now that bit in hindsight really good job great film yeah and look forward to what happens next uh you know i can we'll wait and see <laughs> well thank you very much for that sour note anyway moving on i think it's time for a little bit of news Something like that. Well done, man. Was good. Really yeah, I mean, like... Play I, the first bit again, actually. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Hang on. I thought that was a totally different song altogether. I wasn't sure what you were playing, but... but uh, it's probably not right, but I haven't what watched Pokemon. Like, I want to live in America. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get the reference at all. It took me, it took me until Pokemon to realise what you were playing. Yeah, because uh, West Side Story was all about American gangs and Puerto Rico gangs coming together and living as one, which is what 
Pokemon is about. It's about Pokemon and humans. Okay, so here we go onto the circle, and we talk about the most newsworthy topics. First up, uh, it was the release of the trailer for it chapter two this week and yeah it's about uh, instead of going down the usual route of a trailer of having about like six minutes long involving about 80 different parts of the film this is just one prolonged section really it's about like a three minute section of the film um dave what do you think did did you enjoy it i mean do you think it revealed too much maybe it's quite an iconic part of the book isn't it this section so yeah. do you think maybe they have revealed too much already no i mean you say it's an iconic part of the book i think the more iconic bit is the bit with the kids that's bit i've read the book and that's the bit that sticks for me you know it was more it had more emphasis i think it was more it was more powerful when it was the kids face versus pennywise as opposed to their their adult versions um i didn't want to watch the trailer because i am afraid that too many trailers give away too much at this point but i watched it and you know what? I think it doesn't give away too much. They did all right with this one. It's uh, it's enough to draw you in, and I do think they need to draw you in because, like I say, the kid's story is that much more interesting. Um, but yeah, it, 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 they didn't go overboard on it. There's just enough. I think maybe they gave away a couple of the scares that they shouldn't have done, but only a couple. And I think as far as the, the way the actual storyline is going to progress, that's still pretty much um, under the hat, as it were. Yeah, it seemed. I, I mean, I'm not a big um, horror fan, but I thought I thought the trailer seemed really good, quite scary. The other thing I really liked was. Um, the Instagram promos. Did you see? Um, oh yeah, all the uh, little red balloons in the background. If it wasn't not really brought up, it's just normal Instagram posts. But always red balloons just in the background. It's quite yeah, quite it's like quite that. Clever, yeah. It's a really good bit of marketing. That I think the last film did a really good job with with regards to marketing. It didn't reveal Pennywise too much too soon. Yeah, uh, it kind of spoiled it for me a little bit because they did eventually at the end, and you heard what he sounded like, but it held off for as long as possible, I think until maybe like a week or two weeks before the actual release, before they actually released an up-close shot of Pennywise. This this time around, obviously you know what Pennywise looks like, so it's it's not that much of a spoiler. But um, yeah, I just hope that they don't reveal any more. I don't hope they don't release another like two or three different trailers in, yeah. in the weeks leading up to it, because just leave it at that, right? Like, especially with a horror film. These bits are supposed to be preserved. You're supposed to, you know, kind of go in there wanting to be scared and need to jump out your seat. If you see all that beforehand, then it gets ruined for you. So anyway, just babbling on there. Uh, so it's been announced this week that Benicio Del Toro may be possibly playing the villain in the upcoming Suicide Squad 2 film. And also that our mate Michael Rooker might be playing King Shark. So Joel, you're a big DC fan and you hated Suicide Squad, but you like James Gunn, so, you know, you're a bit on the fence, are you? Um, I have no clue who King Shark is, and so it doesn't really mean much to me, but they're two good names to put onto it, and I'm just thinking that James Gunn will do a good job, to be honest. I mean, the last film is a really good barometer, to be honest. Well, I've... Like it's hard to get lower, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know what can what can you do that is worse than that? Nothing. So I think it's a really, really good place to be as a director, knowing that whatever you make is going to be better than the shit that came before it. If that was like a job, then it's definitely one that I'd want to have. Is it? I mean, I know we talked touched on this before, but is it a bit odd that he's gone from Marvel, like director of a massive Marvel? Well, he got fired, didn't he? I know he got fired, but to then go and work for the biggest rival, essentially. Well, 
I think they shit. Uh, I think they kind of shit the pants a bit, really. That yeah. they could possibly lose someone of that kind of caliber to yeah, yeah, to their biggest to their biggest rival. Mm. Um, you, you know, but watching, you know, there's loads of memes about it. And I think I sent one to uh, our little group of friends. DC watching Endgame, they must have been like, you know, yeah. how what, yeah, how what do, do we now, get yeah. to that type of stage? So James Gunn is like one step on that ladder, which is, um, you know, a good decision by them. Well, I think Suicide Squad, for me personally, felt like a poor man's version of Guardians of the Galaxy. It was trying to do the same sort of thing with the soundtrack, with the humour, with the band of misfits joining together, but it just was executed so poorly. So I think this time around, you know, who better to do a knockoff version of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy than the director of Guardians of the Galaxy? So (laughs) fingers crossed. And it sounds like it's got a really well-rounded, decent cast coming together as well, especially if Benicio Del Toro plays the, the bad guy. And there's always the potential tease of The Rock's character, Black Adam, coming into it as well. So that'll sell it for me. But then again, you said about films going from shit, how could they get shitter? Lest we forget Prometheus. You know, what came after that? I mean, I didn't think it could get much worse. I didn't really, I thought Prometheus was the scrape of the barrel, but apparently the sludge underneath the scrape of the barrel that you can get to. So, you know, there is always the opportunity for it to get worse. Uh, so, yeah, just to quickly say as well that uh, John Wick 3 has been released this week and uh, reviews are quite positive. I think it's got 100% success rate on Rotten Tomatoes at the really? moment. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Joel, you're a big John Wick fan. I am, and I think it's one of those films that you can just have fun with. You don't have to get too invested in the story. Um, You know, you don't have to really kind of care too much about it. You can just kind of turn off your brain and watch it. And I really, really like Keanu Reeves. You know, I know he's not the most gifted actor in the world, but how can you not like the guy just as a person? He's an absolute hero. And if you ever watch the the videos of him training on, on YouTube and that type of thing, he just takes everything so seriously and, like, he just goes into it with like a full heart. And I think that really kind of comes across in John McThree, all the kind of gunplay and choreography um, and all that type of thing, which I think you kind of need now. Action films have almost been done to death. I think you've got to have kind of all this new kind of fancy shit going forward. So I think that's the reason why people are, you know, so invested in in those films. Yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah, the trailer looks great. Like I saw it before, um, before Pikachu. And, uh, was it Pikachu or did we watch it before um, Endgame? I can't remember now. I, mean, I, was, I saw all, the trailer recently and it was, looked fantastic. So. I think you need to watch John Wick 1 and 2 before you comment on John Wick <laughs> yeah, well, I, th- I, think, I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so usually what we would do here is uh, pass it over to Alex for Alex's film feels, but Alex uh, has still got a bit of a hangover from the wedding that we all went to at the weekend. Uh, so instead we're going to pass it over to Austin for Austin's film feels. Just get my fanfare ready. Okay, yeah. Wow, brilliant. I mean, Alex, I don't know what he's done to deserve such a terrible fanfare. <laughs> Every time anybody else does film feels, it's so regal and entertaining. <laughs> Triumphant. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, in, in light, I mean, in, in true vein with the Pokemon style. So um, my film feels is going to be, what's your favourite uh, science experiment gone wrong in a film? Ooh, good one. Uh, are we including Frankenstein? 
Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that's the no, ultimate that one, one, isn't that's it? Original, that's a big yeah. one, yeah. I, yeah, that, yeah. I think that is the yeah. original science experiment gone wrong. I, I think maybe um, the, the fly. The fly? Yeah, Tim uh, any, any the other? fly. Uh, the, the first one, yeah. mainly, essentially. I think for for body shock horror, that you know, that, that was... A, yeah. It is up there, I think, with the the most iconic body shock horror films of all time, David Cronenberg. The special effects for that was just absolutely unbelievable as well. Because when was that? that was the 50s? Uh, well, what yeah, do you mean? The remake, yeah. I mean, there was, it was a, the original released in like the, the 50s, I want to say. Yeah, the one with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, yeah. But I think my favourite one of all time is Spider-Man 2. Oh. <laughs> awesome, okay. awesome yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. Dr. Otto Octavius getting turned into... You know, yeah, the octopus. That's pretty impressive. Doctor, a literal doctor. octopus. <laughs> a literal <laughs> octopus. <laughs> Not really that would have been wrong. a good film. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Dave? Um, I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind is probably Deep Blue Sea of all things. Isn't okay, it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's experiment. a big one. Yeah. Good intentions, because that's the. Sh- Clever sharks, isn't it? Clever sharks, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that sounds like a bad idea in the first. Place. <laughs> yeah. Clever sharks. It's just like, how could this go wrong? Mine's probably Resident Evil. Absolute classic. Maybe not so much the films, even though you asked me what film, but, you know, <laughs> the, the, inte- the but, intentions were there, and it, it's, um, you know, kind of a similar example to Dave's, really. Yeah, yeah. And um, I feel like I'm going to let the side down, considering it's, it's my film feels. I was thinking, like, Flubber, or... <laughs> or, or the it did get out of hand in Flubber. Yeah. That, that all went to plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, I think the Naughty Professor as well. I mean, you know, although it was a science experiment gone wrong, I can't remember what the downside was. He got tent. he was thin. He was too, um, but he was, he was angry and thinner, wasn't he? Oh, he was yeah, really, to, be, to become like an arsehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So essentially, like, <laughs> so, if you turned into me, a thin, yeah, yeah. A thin angry arsehole. <laughs> Very much. I mean, I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much for that, guys. Especially Austin. Um, so on to the bulk of the show. Uh, this week's film, as mentioned before, is Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Uh, Aussie Pokemon sound effect. Psyduck. <laughs> I was wondering where the hell you were going with that. <laughs> You pulled it back. Uh, and as this is a bonus episode, it hasn't been picked out of the hat at random, but it's rather been picked by ourselves here as we try and stay relevant. Um, however, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be me. I'm a bit like Mewtwo, oddly shaped, hairless, and I look like I've been experimented on in a lab. <laughs> Uh, in the role of pro- of prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the old shit list will be Captain Dave. Now, Dave is just like Ken Wantanabe. You'd think he'd be above all this, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, we will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our genuine opinions, though, so do stay tuned to the end of the show to hear our real thoughts. Now, in the role of character witness and lending his genuine opinion to either side of the argument is Ozzy. Ozzy is a bit like Pikachu, small, fairy, and often pantsless. <laughs> Especially after the other night, anyway. We also work with electricity. <laughs> well done, yeah. Uh, which means this week, Joel has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Joel is just like Mr. Mime. He's the shittest one. Tastes good, though. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mime's technically one of the best ones, mate. Uh, but I don't know if fucking He just copies anything. what the other ones can do. Does he? Yeah. yeah. Right, so if you come at me with your Charmander, tough shit, mate, because I'm just going to copy you. 
<laughs> well, well I, I, all I'm going to say is I have limited to no knowledge of Pokemon, yeah. and that is definitely not. <laughs> yeah. That definitely doesn't come across in the film. There's a really, uh, there's a really in-depth uh, like uh, essay online about how uh, Mr. Mime is the the tastiest Pokemon. Then that would be the one if you the were tasteless. stuck on a desert island. You'd and you, you'd want to Mr. Mime Mr. with you. Mime. He's the one to eat, yeah. So it's a really nice compliment to yeah. compare me to Mr. Mime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, you taste delicious. Um, so, Joel will decide which, <laughs> which list this film should be placed on. Hit or shit. Based solely on the arguments they put to him and not using his own opinion, which is good because he hasn't seen the film yet. But before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about, and let us spin the wheel of impressions. Okay, so here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week, it has landed on me. So, who, who, or whom? Can you do, um... The guy who's the rock star in Love Actually. Bill Nye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Sound like a really stoned old man. Um, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know, actually. Uh, in the world where people collect Pokemon to do battle, a boy comes across an intelligent talking Pikachu who seeks to be a detective. That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so without further hesitation, uh, Joel, would you like to kick off proceedings, please? Okay, who wants to go first? Who wants to throw the first Pokeball? <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw it, mate. Hopefully I can capture your heart. <laughs> <laughs> so the story is a pretty simplistic one. Simplistic but effective. Uh, Justice Smith, he plays Tim Goodman, and he has to search for his missing father, Harry, in a world where humans and Pokemon not only live by side by side, but they are partnered up together as well. Tim finds Harry's Pikachu, and together they unravel the mystery of his father's disappearance, the creation and escape of a genetically enhanced Pokemon, Mewtwo, and a mysterious purple chemical, which turns Pokemon very aggressive. So I think one of the highest kind of honours you can give this film is that very rarely do video game adaptations actually work, but this is proving to be an exception, both critically and with audiences as well. I know you could technically say it's not a very big pool to pick from. You know, it's like saying it's the most attractive toad in a swamp. You know, it's it's a very, very sort of small pile. Such a strange analogy. <laughs> Toads in swamps. But for me... Pokemon was very enjoyable and I think it did something that often these films try hard to do but don't actually get, which is have a good blend of the original game and a bit of originality. So if you're a fan of Pokemon or if you're a child, what you want to do is you want to go into this film and you want to see lots of Pokemon. Pokemon? Pokemon? It's like fish and fish, isn't it? It's just like fish. unisex, mate. (laughs) Sorry, so Pokemon, right? Uh, And, you know, you've got Pokemon in abundance here. I think it's about 60 to 80 different types of Pokemon are featured here. They all get a lot of good screen time as well. You know, we're introduced to several different ones of them. And there's a good little kind of comedy interaction with with most of them. And uh, they are done really well as well. I mean, a few of them maybe get a bit of a, a bad rep. I think Charmander could have maybe had a little bit of a, of a better um, better kind of um, representation 
he's quite easily beaten in a fight but apart from that every single one of them you kind of you get to spend a bit of time with them you get to know the character and you get to like the character as well uh, especially for those people who don't know like me what the hell pokemon are you know i felt like going into this i would be alienated but i wasn't and i think one of the reasons i wasn't was because the second point i was talking about before originality so it's got the it's got the the bits for the actual fans of the of the films and the games and it's got something new and this is sort of an aesthetic it kind of it, it it's like a crossover between pokemon and blade runner it's sort of like a very sort of stylistic look at pokemon but turned through a sort of like film noir um, lens and it's there's enough there definitely for both kids and adults to enjoy for me it felt like um, a toned down version of who framed roger rabbit really so it's something that kids could enjoy but it's also enough there for adults to enjoy as well the aesthetics of it were really really pleasing it looked like a sort of futuristic tokyo and um, it, it was set in london so when the kind of camera zooms out you can see a lot of the iconic london landmarks there um but there's also the addition of all these like layered buildings and all these different signs. It's very bright and very vibrant. You feel like you're actually in the film. You know, it does a really good job of setting up the scenario. Uh, I also think the special effects were absolutely brilliant. I think this film is it's quite a lot of it is CGI'd. Obviously, all the Pokemon are CGI'd as well. The 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 setting of Rhyme City. Uh, also, you know where they go for the experiments. I can't, can't remember what, what. Do you remember what that's called, Dave? No, it was all very forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever the lab is, essentially, is in this big open forest. It looks a little bit like Colorado sort of setting. Uh, that's all CGI'd as well. So they had a bit of a hard task kind of getting this blend because sometimes those you know films that have to do that, like that sort of balance don't always come off well i'm thinking along the lines of like ready player one where you've got like a mesh of live action and cgi but this it felt sort of seamless the interactions between the humans and the cgi characters worked really well you could see you know there must have obviously been people there dressed up as pokemon and green screen outfits because the interactions worked well sometimes you can tell when it's just kind of put in later on where the actors are looking somewhere else or their reactions aren't genuine this is very good I also really liked the score, the music. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. It was done by Henry Jackman, who you'll know. He's done a lot of work for the MCU. He did uh, Ca- um, Captain America Civil War, I think. It's very sort of sticking to the original concept, but also creating this sort of like 80s tech vibe as well. There's a lot of like kind of electronics, a lot of synth. So it sort of felt like that sort of future noir techno music that you would get in something like Blade Runner or, or Terminator. So I think that really worked well with it as well. I think that the script was pretty decent. I mean, I think it could have been a little bit better. I think there was one too many twists and turns. You know, like we find out that, um, you know, Tim and Pikachu are looking for Tim's father. We find out that his father's died and then we find out that he actually might be alive. And then Bill Nye is actually helping. It's, his character is like this millionaire businessman who is who created Rhyme City, this place for Pokemon and humans to live together. He actually says, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll help you. And then he puts them in touch with the lab. That's where they find out Mewtwo's escaped. And then is Mewtwo a villain? Is Mewtwo a, you know, a good guy? Is uh, Bill Nye a good guy? Is his son? Is he a bad guy? You know, there's a lot of kind of whodunit. And I think 
it's because this film is tailored towards children that can be a little confusing for them maybe because it's there are quite a lot of twists and turns but for an adult for me especially because i don't know much about pokemon i appreciated it i was able to kind of look at it as that sort of oh this is a real noir story you don't know who's good you don't know who's bad you don't know what the real mystery is here you know every every 20 odd minutes or so another layer is added to it I think that works really well. And the second point I'm going to go into about the relationships of the characters, but I think like the main relationship between Pikachu and with Tim, I think that works really well. And you needed that. You needed a strong relationship to make this film actually work. And it definitely does that. The dialogue between the two of them is fantastic. Their interactions are really genuine and heartfelt as well. And overall, you know, this is a kid's film. You know, it's not made for me. It's not made for Dave. It's not made for any of us here. It's made for fans of Pokemon and for children. The fact that I am neither of those things, but I still enjoyed it. I think it really worked for me. So I would definitely pick a choo-choo-choose this film. (laughs) (laughs) That was like a rip-off of The Simpsons, wasn't it? Um, Okay, Dave, what do you say to that? Um, I would say that Gav is, is quite wrong about a few a good number of those things. Uh, the film does have a film noir sort of vibe to it. Um, you know, very much kind of a, a Chinatown sort of feel, you know, a Jack Nicholson sort of thing, but only a very infantilized version of it, you know, very child friendly version. I think Gav's not far off saying it's got an element of Blade Runner to it. You know, I smiled when he first said it, but then I thought, actually, he's got a point. It is kind of got that Blade Runner feel to it but there's a few points there that i've got to i've got to pull gab on here and i think that one of the big ones is that and he says this is um fans will enjoy this i disagree like gab pointed out there uh that there's only about just over 60 different kinds of pokemon featured in this film you know people are turning up for the first ever live action pokemon movie expecting to see lord knows how many pokemon i remember in gen one there's 151 if i remember rightly and there's been another six or seven generations After that, I think I I was checking this out before. There's about 800 different kinds of Pokemon out there. Here we get 60. Now, I appreciate they don't want to play all their hand, all their cards in the first hand. Uh, You know, they're expecting sequels. They're expecting a franchise out of this. But I still feel that's a bit of a ripoff. And, you know, those those ones that they do have feature multiple times. Like everyone seems to be wandering around with a Growlithe. You know, and it's just basically because they rendered these 60 or so Pokemon and they rendered them well. The CGI is fair. Um, but they just couldn't be bothered rendering anymore, I don't think. I don't think they could be bothered designing anymore. So I think they just kind of, they fell short a bit there. I think the fans would have liked to have seen more variety in the background and what with what's going on. Um, some of them don't look quite right. That's one thing that a lot of fans have come in to, uh, to criticise, that, you know, Pikachu is furry. Now, I actually don't mind that. I mean, it, I can't envision him any other way, to be honest with you. But some of the Pokemon aren't quite as fans imagine them to be, and I think that it's the failure of translation. What looks quite cute and innocent in an anime version um, suddenly becomes quite sinister when you render it and make it realistic, like the Apoms which are the, the monkeys. Um, they are, frankly, creepy and terrifying when you see them. If you look at the little cartoons of them, they're actually quite cute, but seeing them like this in almost real world sort of scenario, it's a little bit it's dis- disconcerting. Um, I've got to say about the score, it, it's, fair. it's fair. It's quite forgettable, to be honest with you, but I see what Gav is saying. You know, they do put some synth elements in it. There's, it does remind you slightly, maybe, of the original Pokemon soundtrack. Um, but I've got to disagree with Gav on the script. The script is not well written at all. 
I've already prosecuted Pokemon the first movie. And, <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that I did genuinely have a problem with was how condescending it could be towards kids. They had these big philosophical themes, you know, ideas about uh, cloning and the mor- mor- morals behind that. And there are no such philosophical themes in this whatsoever. You will not, there are no layers to this it is all surface it is all superficial there is no hidden message there's no moral to take away at the end of the day apart from what you see on the surface and i think in, in, in i've gone to the other side of the spectrum they're still being condescending this is incredibly dumbed down really dumbed down the jokes are are not that funny you know even even kids might not might be uh this might be beneath them um i i can't say how much cared for the fact that even though it's a simplistic script and it's very basic at the same time, you're confused about what's going on. It is so poorly written that you're sometimes wondering, okay, so why are they going to this underground bar to see like um, like the, the equivalent of underground boxing only with Pokemon? Why are they going here again? It was just something that was mentioned once in passing. And it's like, if I'm getting, if I'm like having to run the catch up because the script is so jumbled, imagine what that's doing the kids. You know, I, I dispute that this is for fans of Pokemon. I feel they'll be let down and I feel that kids will be let down as well. And there's no doubt that these two groups were the target audience but I do feel they're all going to be let down by the end result. Um, and yeah, so it's, uh, although it may be film noir, I just, it, it falls short on so many other aspects. And if the target audience, our fans and our kids, I think both are going to struggle with this film. Okay, well, completely opposite, as you might expect, Ozzy. But one thing I definitely want to know is, well, obviously Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu and, and Dave kind of mentioned there that the jokes just aren't that funny and I think this film kind of will rely on comedy a lot. Do you agree with Dave? Or uh, In some in some instances, yeah, but there were times throughout the film where I genuinely laughed out loud at the Ryan Reynolds uh, sections. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think he, he's, he's done a really good job of trying to impose some humour in there. But yeah, there were times where the jokes fell short. There were few and far between um the ones that did land were funny there were a few jokes that came in which i think there was only there was only was me laughing at potentially <laughs> really yeah, really yeah. loud yeah yeah but um but but yeah so so in some instances uh, dave's completely right that it, it fell out but but um you know I, I th- he did a he did a, a valiant attempt at some some humor in it and it did land well and um just something i want to pick on from what dave said the Dave says there aren't enough Pokemon and something that kind of disappointed me is that he said there's no variety and a lot of them are featured multiple times. Like, did you find that disappointing and is it... Um, in in some ways, yes. The, the Pokemon that you see are, are, are repeated quite a lot, but there was a, there was a, there was a variety across the thing. So it's not just from the Gen 1 Pokemon as well. So there's, um, so they've got, I think, did you say 60 for 60? I think I read they got so, just uh, over 60. Yeah, so... so, But it's not quite a lot of Pokemon for a, an hour and a half or an hour and 40. But Dave's right, though. They, were, they had the opportunity, ample opportunity, to to include others just as in the background rather than multiple of the same one. Um, you know, like Dave said, lots of people walking uh, with the same Pokemon. Um, but there was there was a variety of, of generations, so it wouldn't just appeal to people who only ever played... Uh, uh, red and blue and watch the cartoons back then there'd be people who are you know kids who are playing it now who who would recognize some of these pokemon and the the, the first ones about um the first points gav made were that uh like the special effects are very good and like it's very stylistic and that type of thing and again obviously this type of film 
would rely heavily on that. Do you think that was all well done? Uh, the C- the CGI was fantastic. That garden, uh, Totora Forest or whatever it was called, the Totora Garden, uh, where they mm-hmm. went to. Mm-hmm. There were times that throughout a lot of that, you wouldn't have known that was. CGI until well, some you, of the big probably, action bits. Would. Well, yeah. you would, yeah. The, but, the, the uh, island folded in on itself. Other <laughs> when the island folded in on itself. But it was, uh, it was shot very well. I think they did a really good job with the special effects and the, the action scenes were impeccable, as you'd expect. There were times, I watched it in 2D, there were times where you could see very clearly that that was aimed at the 3D version. Um, but yeah. yeah, I think Gav's just got a quick point. I, I just want to mention what Dave was saying about not enough Pokemon being there. For me... As you know, because you got to think of it from the producers or the studio's point of view, they want to try and get as many eyes on the prize as possible. So, although this is a film for children and a film for Pokemon fans, they don't want to alienate the average cinema goer, which is in this case me. And I think if there would have been too many Pokemon there, I, I, it just would have felt too much for me. I mean, I think it wasn't a case that they couldn't be bothered, I think it was a case of too many Pokemon spoil the Pokemon broth. <laughs> I, I want to add in before you add in there, Dave. Yeah. Gav, you have never been the average cinema guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I disagree entirely with that. I think, you know, if you had them just in the background, you don't need to give them a little, a little segment like they did for a couple of them. Just have them in the background. Have them as like Easter eggs almost for the fans. You know, they're still there. They're still recognisable. If the film is catering for fans and for kids, you can appease the fans by including as many of their favourite Pokemon as humanly possible. And I don't think anyone would be put off turning up to see a Pokemon movie and seeing too many Pokemon in it. Do, do you not think that that would be a bit distracting though for especially kids if every scene has got like another like 10, 20, 30 different Pokemon in the background? It could be, but they need to occupy the kids' minds somehow. The plot's not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll move on to, 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 uh, to point number two, which I presume you're going to talk about the characters. Mm-hmm. Dave, do you want to crack on? Yeah, I can start off with characters. Um... Okay, the first one, first out of the door, Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. When I heard that they were making a Pikachu movie and Ryan Reynolds was lined up to voice Pikachu, I laughed. It sounded like a bad joke. You know, I had to check to see if it was April 1st or something like that. But I have to say, he doesn't do a bad job. I still think he is completely miscast. I do not think his voice suits Pikachu at all. I mean, it's, it's weird to hear Pikachu talk, for one thing, you know, but it's, it, it just doesn't, it's not the right voice, I don't think. But he brings a star quality to it. The fact that he was willing to do it is, <laughs> is a major plus. Although he did look, there's, um, there's a bit at the end where you, Ryan Reynolds himself is actually in it playing uh, Tim's father. And he he doesn't look happy to be there. I think he maybe is like, I was told I didn't have to show my face. Come on, let's, get, let's just get this scene out of the way. He does look a bit uncomfortable there in those bits. But um, as a voice actor, he does very well. I mean, he's done the Deadpool movies where he's been basically, although he's acting there on set, he's not, he can't show his face for a great deal of it. So a lot of it is in his voice, and he's very good at this. Um, without him, this film really would struggle. He is the linchpin in the whole thing. But you still can't take away the fact that it just doesn't gel. Having Pikachu on screen and hearing Ryan Reynolds' voice come out of it just doesn't quite gel. No disrespect to Ryan Reynolds, he does his best with it, but it just doesn't work. I think Justice Smith, all credit to him, actually does a very good job. Um, I think his performance is all right, it is pretty decent, but I think what he really deserves kudos for is... 
acting opposite so many what are clearly CGI characters. You know, out of all the, he is the main character of the film and he has the most interactions with Pokemon or CGI creations. And he portrays this very convincingly, whether he's being attacked by him, whether he's being chased by him or whether he's just having a, a conversation with one. He portrays this very well. And I will give him, you know, credit where credit is due for that. The rest of the cast are a mixture of wasted and miscast again i think ken Wantanabe is completely wasted in this it was such a shame to see such a good actor as ken Wantanabe in this film and although that may have brought it some uh credence it just it it's just a waste cool have someone yeah whenever you want okay he's a fine actor who's just not given the screen time or the character development that he deserves other uh, performers in here, we've got Bill Nye, who I actually normally quite like Bill Nye, but this, again, was a waste of his talents. He plays a very two-dimensional villain, um, and his motivation is still unclear. Even though it is quite simplistic, the plot, his motivation is still kind of flawed, unclear, and you're not really sure what it, why he's trying to achieve what he's trying to achieve. Um, you've got Catherine Newton, who plays Lucy Stevens, um, it's not so much her performance here. I think she, she does all right with what she's given, but she's given incredibly little it's very unfortunate that a character has been so badly written to be perfectly honest with you and i think that aside from that that's pretty much it you're on into supporting character territory otherwise you've only got a few main characters and the rest of it all just relies on it on the pokemon queue those few that they actually bothered to do uh the supporting cast again is just it's, it's quite disappointing i mean rita aura for some reason is one of the scientists working on Mewtwo. And you know, a lot of kids may not know. Actually, no, kids probably know who she is better than I do. For me, it was kind of, it took me out of the moment, if that is possible, given that this is Detective Pikachu. How can you be taken out of the moment? But it was uh, it was unusual to see her turn up in this. And I think she contributed the, the end credits song as well. The characters are fair, but unfortunately this show, it belongs to the Pokemon, which is good for the fans in many ways. But like I say, there just aren't enough Pokemon in it. And I think without the human interaction, you know, Gav mentioned who framed Roger Rabbit before, and that worked so well because the, Bob Hoskins' character in that was so well-rounded. He not only was he able to interact well with characters that weren't there, just as Justice Smith is able to do, but he was given more to work with in ways of a script, in ways of a storyline, and in ways of how his character developed. And I just think those flaws, even though this is a watered-down version of who framed Roger Rabbit, it still deserved more. The kids and the fans that are coming to see this deserve more okay pretty damning gav what have you got to say about that so dave mentions a lot of the sort of side characters which i'll just reel off first before i go into the meat and two veg of this (laughs) (laughs) okay i'm not sure i want you to go into meat and two veg literally can't help yourself can you it's been like 38 minutes and you've not had a dick joke for 33 minutes of that listen I, I, you, you said anything about dicks I literally said the meeting two pitch of this if Ryan Reynolds can keep it clean for a kid so can we just not have one clean episode right so uh, Dave mentioned about Bill Nye saying that he was a bit of a stereotypical or two dimensional villain I would actually disagree to be honest he plays a good job of playing his, his character is called Howard Clifford as I mentioned before he's like a billionaire businessman and designer of Rhyme City um, Howard is afflicted with a debilitating condition and he wants to celebrate and help the Pokemon with what little time he has left. Now, Nye plays this kind-hearted side very well, which is, is you know, you can pretty much guess that because he's undeniably naturally likable person. 
the big reveal happens later on is that Howard is found out to be experimenting on Mewtwo so that he can put his brain in the body of the most powerful Pokemon. And for D- Dave said that he was a bit sort of bland. I, I disagree, actually. I think that I expected him to really ham it up, you know, sort of um, the levels of F- Frank Langella in Cutthroat Islands or Frank Langella in, in uh, He-Man, <laughs> Masters of the Universe. <laughs> or Frank um, Langella in something else. <laughs> but in, uh, he didn't, he, he was actually quite subdued, which I thought was quite refreshing. He didn't kind of play it like over the top. He played it really kind of like understated. And I think that that, for me, made the character more easy to understand you know like he, he just had enough he, he you know he had enough of this condition with this life and he wanted to um put his body well put his mind into Mewtwo's body and I think you know because of the way he was delivered it came across as more understandable uh Dave mentioned before Catherine Newton I think she did a good job playing Lucy the plucky go-getting news reporter who helps Tim with the case uh, you know I will agree her character could have been a lot better though she is relegated to damsel in distress territory on several occasions throughout the film. But I think the actress, uh, Kim Newton, oh, sorry, uh, Catherine Newton, she did a very, very good job with what she had to work with. The only other female character of note is in the film is um, Suki Waterhouse's Miss Norman, uh, who turns out to be one of those chameleon-like Pokemon. I've forgotten what, what, what's... Dittos. A ditto, yeah, that's it. Um, so uh, as you said before, it sounds a little bit like Mr. Man, where they can sort of replicate anything. So... It turns out that her character is just a ditto all along. And once again, the character could have been better. I think she definitely could have been used more effectively. I think that she ended up playing a sort of um, mute bodyguard or henchman type figure, a bit like Jaws in James Bond series. Uh, it could have definitely been fleshed out more. But once again, I think that she was menacing enough. Uh, you know, it, she, she kind of reminded me a little bit to talk about who framed Roger Rabbit again of Christopher Lloyd's character. You know, like the the look anyway, the aesthetics definitely like kind of, if I, if I was to see that as a child, like I saw who framed Roger Rabbit when I was a child, it's, it is sort of like menacing. It is a little bit scary. And I think that her look definitely, she wouldn't have to say as much, but I do feel like they could have used her a little bit more. Um, Dave mentioned about... Uh, the, the other characters, Ken Wantanabe, being very um, underutilized. I think he's used just uh, enough. I don't think that there was much to do with that character. I don't think there's many avenues for that character to go down. And I think he played a very believable sort of downtrodden and disheartened police detective and the former human partner of uh, Tim's dad. And I think for me, what I was saying to Dave is, yeah, okay, these supporting characters, they aren't very well written, to be honest. They could have had better dialogue. They could have had a better character. They could have had better character arcs. But all of the actors played them with a plomb. You know, they did a really good job. And the thing for me is it's not really about those supporting characters. Just like similar to, you know, Pokemon, the the, the game itself. It's not really about, like, the human side of things, is it? It's about the, the, the Pokemon, and it's about the main Pokemon trainer, Ash, or in this case, Tim. And I think that um, Justice Smith is Tim Goodman and Ryan Reynolds Pikachu they are the stars of the show undeniably and they needed to have a great chemistry they needed to have a great relationship and they definitely did i think smith gives another impressive blockbuster performance after last year's jurassic world 2 if anybody has seen the get down they know how much of a talented actor this guy is but it's not easy to make the transition from a celebrated young actor to a movie star and it's very easy for that sort of childlike charm to come across as irritating to an adult audience and um, take you know sheer labouf for example 
but <laughs> who you know was much loved in even stevens and the like but perhaps not so much loved in his big screen appearances this is definitely not the case for smith though he plays the determined underdog slash unlucky in love nerd and he is utterly likable throughout he is also, he has he has to deliver some really tough lines of dialogue later on. So we find out that his father may have died, or he's given the news that his father died. And there's this really kind of tough scene to watch where he and uh, Pikachu have this heart to heart, and it's really upsetting. And he delivers those that emotional lines really well, to be honest, really expertly. You know, with with great ease as well, like a, like an actor beyond his years. Uh, so I mentioned before about Brian Reynolds. Pikachu, I think as good as Smith was, Byron Reynolds steals the show here. It's it's his vehicle, as you would imagine. You know, it's the title character of the film. You know, it's as Dave said, at first I didn't think this was gonna work. I, I heard Ryan Reynolds was gonna voice him. You know, this is one of the most iconic video game characters and probably maybe even pop culture icons of all time. And, you know, everybody knows him. You know, audiences have got a strong idea of what or who Pikachu is over the past 20 years. So to then say, oh, you know what, ignore all that. Instead, he's going to be a wisecracking sidekick voiced by Ryan Reynolds instead. That was a bit of a risk. And I think similarly to Deadpool, Reynolds makes this character his own. And it's with Pikachu, or Pikachu, sorry, where most of the humor comes from. You know, Dave said before that it wasn't very funny, but I think it was. You know, it, it was more than just Reynolds' funny one-liners. Admittedly, they are a bit toned down to what we expect, because, you know, we expect that sort of foul mouth, Deadpool, like knowing sort of um, breaking the fourth wall humor. But this is more subdued. It's more sort of childlike humor, and he, he delivers it very, very well, as you could imagine. But there's more to him than just that. There's the sort of, he gets into a lot of uh, funny situations. You know, there's a lot of pratfalls. There's a lot of situations that, you know, like kind of things go wrong, mainly when he's trying to kind of rekindle his powers or trying to rediscover his powers. There's also the sort of interactions he has with uh, other Pokemon. Uh, there's there's a very funny bit where he, he meets uh, Psyduck, who apparently is uh, like very stressed or he has to prevent getting stressed because he could explode. So every time that they're together, he's trying to calm down Psyduck and Psyduck knows this. So later on, Psyduck's asking him for a foot rub or, you know, like all he's saying is like, Psyduck, you know, like, and then he, uh, Pikachu is obviously narrating what, what Psyduck is saying. It is the, the interactions there are very, very funny. And th- there's, I think that it's not just the humour as well. As I said before, there's a very sort of touching partnership is naturally formed between uh, Tim and Pikachu. One of the big plot points later on, as Dave mentioned or alluded to earlier, involves combining humans and Pokemon into one being. And the big reveal at the very end, spoiler alert guys, but you all know, is that Pikachu is actually inhabited by Tim's dad. And that's why Tim is the only person who can understand him. And so for me... It, it did feel like a bit of a curveball and I think it could have been delivered a little bit better but I do think it was a surprise that I didn't see coming anyway and I, I watched it with Ozzy and neither did he. I think as well, if you're a child watching this or you're a fan, I think that might have been like a really heartwarming moment. The fact that they formed this really, really close relationship, this good bond. Tim never had a good relationship with his dad. It was very distant, both literally, you know, metaphorically and geographically to then have this relationship formed with a Pikachu when he never, ever wanted a, a Pokemon sidekick. He was always really reluctant to then get this relationship and then to find out it was his dad's and he's rekindled with his dad after all this time. I think it was very sort of nicely done. It was very, it was very loving and warm. And yeah, and, and that's it. Essentially, I didn't have enough time to do another closing statement. But 
Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so um, quite quite fleshed out points there, Ozzy. Um, which kind of side do you lie on there? I mean, they both kind of seem to agree that like the added cast, really, the extra cast, you might say, aren't that strong and they're not really fleshed out. But again, both of them seem to agree that Justice Smith and Ryan Reynolds especially um, almost kind of carry it. Do you think that's that's true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, they're, they're both right. They're, there's literally only two people um, holding this film together um, uh, from character point of view. The, I didn't... Um, I, I didn't mind uh, Bill Nye's character. I thought he was a good, like, uh, stereotypical villain when he becomes the villain. Um, I was I was constantly reminded that this is a kids' film, though. Yeah. You know, it, it's. Um, I don't think it's really deep enough, character-wise, script-wise, um, development-wise, for adults. You know, I've I've seen some kids' films which are done incredibly well. Um, I, I can't remember which which ones. Um, right off the top of my head but you know the Lego movie for example Incredibles where, Incredibles yeah um, where the characters are everybody's well rounded and, and you can enjoy that as an adult uh, really yeah. well um, for this it was a little bit tough how I was constantly reminding myself that this is a kids film um, so you know Did you feel out of place in the cinema watching it with a, a, a big <laughs> lanky scary man next to you? <laughs> no because you know what it was quite funny so he we went to watch it on a Monday night and uh, it was literally, I think there was maybe seven or eight groups of two men <laughs> just around, uh, around the cinema. It was all just like men of about our age just watching Pokemon. There was even this group who they didn't, they were sort of together as two, but they wouldn't sit next to each other. They had a seat between them. <laughs> but yeah, that, so it was, uh, I didn't feel out of place at all. It was literally a cinema showing just for people like me. Yeah. So um, the the interactions between the Pokemon, which I thought was quite an interesting point Gav made, did you think that was that was nicely done or did you think there wasn't enough or not enough of it? Or um, There was probably about the right amount. There was maybe, maybe, not, maybe not enough in some ways, but they, I don't think that they were just, they were just uh, like eye fodder really, you know, um, what's it, like eye so, candy. They were, um, they were not characters, not, but, not really. So I was like a big fan of the original series. I loved the games, but obviously yeah. after I grew up, like I, I completely dropped it. Yeah. Is there any types of battles between the Pokemon? Like the, as an old fan, that's something that yeah. I want to see. Yeah, there, there are some battles. It's a, um, quite a weird situation with the battles, actually. It's, um, so when you go to that Rhyme City, um, battles are forbidden. Um, so the battle you do see is in like a... It, this is where you get the really dark uh, setting is that the, it's like an underground illegal battle um, so oh, if you fight think club. Fight Club yeah along those sort of lines in a cage um, which is quite quite uh, uh, impressive yep, can I just jump in on the battle situation it's not much of a battle I think fans might be disappointed by that oh, because yeah. Pikachu <laughs> has forgotten how to use his abilities oh, that's so he can't right. Thunderbolt he can't shock or anything like that so it's basically Pikachu trying not to get burned by a Charizard for, for yeah, sorry. Yeah. So the, the, there's the battle prior to that, I suppose, is relatively impressive. But again, it's um, it's a bit of a CGI fest of just showing off. Um, so is this mostly just people talking and like a bit of a mystery? <laughs> yeah, there, were, yeah, there yeah. isn't like kind of much action in the same no, vein yeah, there as is like action, the, but there isn't like a Pokemon battle. There's not a Pokemon battle action. Yeah. So like compared to like Pokemon the first movie that 
which revolves revolves around a the lot big of battle. Pokemon fighting. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's not, not like that. that now. Yeah, so it is. It's essentially like a mystery film, but with you know some action elements put in and Pokemon. <laughs> so it's it is as Dave said before. It's Chinatown, but with Pokemon sidekicks. <laughs> And without the tragic ending. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it depends how you depends how you look. Let's see the reviews. It might be tragic after all. So, Gav, you, you said you haven't got a closing statement. Does that no, mean yeah, you no, don't I, want to make one? No, I, 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 I quickly quickly wrote um, one just before you. Is it a song? Arrived. It is a song. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dave, do you want to do yours? Then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, I'll do mine. Um, I, as you can see, I forgot my notes, so <laughs> it'll be quite brief. Um, Gav mentioned before, you know, this uh, being talked about as, oh, one of the best video game adaptations. That's a little bit, bit like saying, girl, you know it's you is the best Millie Vanilli album. I mean, A. <laughs> <laughs> Who's saying that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's a little bit like saying. And it's, uh, it, to be honest with you, it's like, A, who cares? B, and look, at the, look at the pool it's being pulled from. You know, as far as video game adaptations go, these don't work, and this is no exception. This really just falls flat. Characterization, the, some of the performances are all right. You know, I want to give full credit to Ryan Reynolds and Justice Smith for doing the best they can with a bad lot. But the script is poorly written, the plot is nonsensical and at the same time confusing and oversimplified, if that is even possible. And I think both fans and kids will come away from this bitterly disappointed. Hey, Gav, don't let us down. Uh, well, you've, got the closing, down. you've got the closing act here. I mean... <laughs> I didn't think I could let you down much more, but <laughs> <laughs> prepare yourself for this. Uh, so I, I, I don't really know how this song goes properly, but I'm going to try. So I want to see the very best, like no film ever was. <laughs> a kid's film you will invest and make you all applause. <laughs> the acting from the stellar cast, superb CGI. Twist and turns from a brilliant script, a fun and funny ride. Pokemon film that's got it all for you and me. Ryan <laughs> Reynolds is lovely. Pokemon for family and for friends. A film I will defend. Pokemon. Uh, that, that's about it. I can't. I, can't I mean, it was good, but. I'm just not sure how I feel about being attached to butchering all these songs anymore. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, I've, I've put together a little quiz for us. <laughs> While you were listening to that argument. Yeah, side of well, <laughs> yeah basically. Um, so it, it's kind of all to do with, with Pokemon, both in a film way and um, anything else, really. Uh, so Ryan Reynolds, obviously pretty much the title character. One of the few people who's played both a DC and a Marvel character. Obviously, he, he played Green Lantern. But can anybody remember what the Green Lantern's real name is? Hal Jordan. Hal- <laughs> what was that guy? You're like, Hal Hal Hal. I was going to say Hal Holbrook. <laughs> <laughs> but Dave is correct. Um, again, kind of similar lines here. Karan Sony worked with uh, Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool 2. Um, what is his character name in those films? Oh, He's part of X-Force as well. I'm... It starts with D. Was it Topinger? Very close to Pinder. Oh, shit. Okay, so Rita Aurora, obviously, weirdly in this film, when I look through the list of credits. What other film has she starred in? Well, when I say starred, it's kind of a strong word. 
something shit like the Emoji movie. It is a very, very shit film, but very popular with women. There's a little bit of a clue. Oh, oh yeah, she played the secretary in Fifty Shades. She did. Oh, Fifty okay. Shades Free, she played a character called Mia Gray. I don't know why Gav knows that one. I mean, um, uh, what? No. <laughs> okay, so Dave alluded to this before, um, but I'm after the exact number. So there are 151 Pokemon to begin with. How many are there now? Ooh. 800. It's very, it is 800, but it's not exactly 800. 821. Less than that. Oh. 809. Less than that. 801. No one got it right. 807, oh. so Gav oh. can have the point yes. for that one. Um, so Bill Knight plays Billy Mac in everyone's favourite Christmas film. <laughs> <laughs> and after his character receives Christmas number one, who invites him to a party? Elton John. It is Elton John. Well <laughs> oh no! Why do I remember that? <laughs> Made Alex proud. <laughs> I um, thought that was an alright film. Oh come on, mate. <laughs> come we'll, on. we'll discuss this. Minus point. Aussie's <laughs> on minus one now. <laughs> uh, so, this is the first Pokemon film to be rated PG. Is this true or false? Oh, false. false. True. I'm going to say false. It's true. Gav's running away Ooh. with it. Here. Wow. Um, okay, so the highest grossing live action slash animated film. So number one was the Smurfs, but we're going to stick really? with live action here. So number one's out the way with the Smurfs. What is the highest grossing kind of live action? It, it's very similar to P- Detective Pikachu in that one of the characters is kind of animated. Paddington? Close. Paddington 2? Think of more of an X-rated Paddington. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Ted, well oh, done. Oh, right, wow. Well. Uh, so yeah, X rated. Again, kind of similar lines here. The highest grossing animated film in Japan, and we're talking Japanese anime here. Um, can anyone name the top three or one of the top three, and then d- guess where Pokemon the first movie is, is in that? Is this film. adjusted for inflation? I don't know. If it is, Akira must be in there. Akira isn't there. I got this from Wikipedia. Maybe yeah. it's not. Spirited Away? Spirited Away is number two. Yeah. You probably won't get number one. I haven't seen it. It's called Your Name. It's 358 million. Spirited Away, 331 million. Does anyone want to guess where Pokemon the first movie came? Uh, um, tenth. Close. Ninth. Eleventh. Sixth. <laughs> With 172 million. Oh, wow. It's so actually not that bad. So, what was the first one called? Which one? Your, Gav? your name, three hundred. Gav or Ozzy or Dave? <laughs> yeah, it's, Dave. Quite, it's just called Gav. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Pokemon Blue and Red, the games. When were they released? Oh, nineteen ninety-eight, ninety-five, oh. ninety-six. Oh, Dave's got it. Ninety-six. Okay, well done. Well done. Um, and what is the difference between the two versions? Um, yes. The starting Pokemon you can pick. No. 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 Oh, 40, 40 no. different Pokemon. The, the, the EVs you can get. Mm, no, nope. it's different, there's different Pokemon in oh, each one. I know. You have to be able to yeah, trade but, them. But not many, though, was there? There wasn't yeah. like D- one Dave's Pokemon Dave's correct. There is different Pokemon between the two, but does anyone know the amount of different Pokemon? I just said um, 60. <laughs> 60. 40. Gav, you're uh, the uh, 20. I think it's less than, I think, like seven. 
I'll give it to you, Ozzy. There's 11. Oh. Also, a difference is in colour. One's blue, one's red. <laughs> yeah, that's true. One had a Blastoise on it, the other had a Jarrah's on it. Okay, so finally, the highest... Uh, this kind of shocked me, and if you get it, I'll be very impressed. This is a chart on IMBD, so it's not kind of, uh, you know, set in stone. But what is the highest rated video game movie on IMBD? Rampage featuring The Rock. <laughs> um, it, um, one of the Resident Evil films, Resident Evil 1. Resident Evil 1 is second with 6.7. I'm going to go with what I think is probably one of the best video game adaptations. I'm going to say Silent Hill. I'm going to say Street Fighter. <laughs> You're all very, very wrong. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I wish it was, I wish it was. It's very kind of recent. It's got the, I can't remember his guy, but the... Oh, the, uh, uh, Tomb Raider. No, the actor's name, but he plays Ragnar Lothbrok in uh, Vikings. Fuck you on a boat. <laughs> is it like a... Is that a name? Is, is, like that a a cartoony, is it a cartoony film or is it like a live action? It's, it's a live action film. Live action. Uh, I thought you'd all yeah. get it. It's Warcraft, World of Warcraft. Oh, right, well. Uh, oh. 7.7, 7. 7, it's got an IMBD. Has it? Well, really? I've never seen it. I thought it surprisingly was... enough, I've never seen a film. <laughs> but, you. Yeah. I thought it was meant to be shit. Yeah. But it means like a shitload of money in China. I think it made like, you know, 700 and... It's a huge, huge game, isn't it? So people are going to... Anyone who plays that game is going to probably watch it. Yeah. I thought you'd get it from that really... Like, really vague right description. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... I've, I've preferred the recent... Um, the recent films we've done, really, because they've, they've all been kind of cut and, cut and short. I think they've been easy picks. After I heard Dave's first argument, it sounded pretty shit compared to Gav's first argument. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but Gav kind of brought it back. I, I really liked some of the things he said in the, in his second argument, especially uh, the relationships between uh, Pikachu and uh, Tim. Uh, the villain, I wasn't too convinced that he was pretty freshed out, but he probably does just enough maybe to get by. Um, the humour, I think, it will just be really important. If Gav's been bullshitting me and it's not funny, <laughs> then it will be a bad film. But if it is funny and kids especially will find it funny, then I think it'll be decent. And, you know, like I said, I'm, I used to be a Pokemon fan. Obviously, I grew up since then. But... To be able to see Pokemon fighting and stuff like that, I think would just be kind of standard stuff for me. Even if they just put it in as like a bit of fan service or something like that. And the fact that they're not, again, just puts me off a little bit. I know it's called Detective Pikachu and that might kind of be obvious that there's not going to be fights in there. But just to have some stuff in there to kind of give, you know, more of a nod to fans and that type of thing. And the fact that there aren't that many Pokemon and some of them are done multiple times kind of puts me off but i think this sounds really quite average i think on imbd if it was like something like 50 percent, i wouldn't be surprised kind of based on what everybody said so it doesn't sound shit but it doesn't sound great either if i could put it on like the not so shit list <laughs> i probably would but unfortunately i think i'm just gonna put it on the shit list <laughs> I wasn't sure which way that was going there. Oh, no, right. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As many twists and turns as Detective Pikachu had. <laughs> oh, we had a few more, I think. <laughs> uh, so, honest opinions, what did we genuinely think, Dave? Uh, actually, I didn't hate it. It, was, um, it wasn't it was particularly good. Jolly's right. It's um, it's not great. 
it's not altogether that shit, but it's still not particularly good. Um, I think it is one for the fans, but I, I'm stunned by my point. I do think a lot of fans will come away from this feeling a bit shortchanged. Uh, kids might well like it, though. Um, I can't. It, it's hard to get myself back into the mind of a kid. It's been some time. So they may well like it. Um, the, the, there were a few kids in the cinema when I was there, and they seemed to be enjoying it. So maybe this will hit home with the kids. But as for fans, they will be disappointed, and that is a huge uh, target market that they've missed. I didn't hate it, but it was never meant for me in the first place. So it was okay, I guess. So I pretty much agree with what Dave said. I I, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it, though. Anywhere near <laughs> like it, really. Yeah. I had a lot of complaints. <laughs> our, our walk back to Gav's house from the cinema was a... Was was almost as many complaints as the Game of Thrones thread today. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, the thing is, is that I watched the the latest episode, series eight, episode five of Game of Thrones, and I was fucking bitterly disappointed by that. No spoilers. We did not warn people about spoilers <laughs> yeah, for this. Keep that. I know, uh, but I only had like ten minutes of that left, so I paused it, went and watched Detective Pikachu. Bitterly disappointed by that. <laughs> Got home and watched the last 10 minutes of Game of Thrones and I was like, well, I'm going to bed now. <laughs> what a shit night. And he was disappointed by that as well. That was so, the best joke in Detective Pikachu actually was being okay at bed on my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, to be fair, there was a couple of funny lines. Uh, I think it's more tailored towards kids than it is towards anybody else. I can see that some fans would like it. You know, it's something different. I think one of the criticisms of the Pokemon films is that it's the same thing over and over again. Uh, so I think a lot of the films following the first movie have suffered from repetition and they haven't been very well received. So for this, it took a very bold statement and a move by doing something completely different. And fucking hell, it was completely different. Whether or not it worked or not is is another question. I think it just about worked. But I will agree with one of Dave's points when he said it was a bit too convoluted. There was a lot of fucking twists and turns. Like some of it was just unnecessary. And you're like, towards the end, you're like, why should I care about any of this? But then again, it's not meant for me. It's, you know, it's meant for kids. So say it's a shit film when, you know, I don't really understand it or know anything about Pokemon. It's a bit hard for me. I definitely feel like with a lot of these video game movies, they need and need like underlines and capitals just to get like an advisor on board mm. who has played the games or was a fan of it as a kid yeah. or whatever. Sonic is the prime example. I said it when we looked at the trailer. If they just showed somebody who played the game and said, what do you think of that? They'd have gone, no. Same with Super Mario. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, but it, it's, it's, it's such a simple thing and I really do not understand why, um, you know, game studios just don't do it. They think they know best and it's quite kind of quite obvious that they don't. Well, all I will say is that if Ryan Reynolds wasn't attached to this, it would have been much, much worse. I think him and Justice Smith, that, as I said, their relationship for me and their acting abilities really saved this movie from being completely woeful. They do say that, without a doubt, Justice Smith and Ryan Reynolds, if it, if it was missing either one of them, this film would crumble around the seams. Yeah. Okay, so higher or lower than our previous film, bonus film on trial, I should say, Avengers Endgame. Which... <laughs> <laughs> as so it's a real tough one. <laughs> I'm going to say, for just so that it's formalised, I'm going to say higher. Oh, thanks. thanks, thanks for... uh, I'm going to say it's lower. Yeah, I mean, come on, we won't even bother. It is yeah. considerably lower. Although uh, Endgame has oh, come sorry, down. I meant lower, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fucked that up, I'm, mate. Yeah. 
So uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame has come down since we last reviewed it. I think it was 9.2 last month, and now it's 8.8. Uh, 78 on Metacritic, though, and Detective Pikachu is 7.1 or 52 on Metacritic, so pretty much smack bang in the middle there. 7.1 is higher than I expected. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Although I, that's just come out, and they're always higher. That'll yeah, go down. They always, yeah. they always fall later. So, uh, once again, I put a poll up on Twitter uh, over the weekend, and I asked our friends and followers which list Detective Pikachu should be placed on. 72% of our listeners decided that it should be placed on the hit list. So, I can only imagine that they haven't watched it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, before we adjourn the case, it's time for a bit of a caption contest. So, what I do here is I take a screenshot of the film and I put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide captions with the funniest one winning a frog-shaped chocolatey treat. All you, all you guys have got to do is just pick the funniest one. Uh, so the caption I've got here is of Psyduck looking like he's getting a little bit stressed, to say the least. So, uh-oh. Right, so starting with, what the heck did I drink last night to make me end up looking like this? That was, that was me. I, I wrote that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, made me saw what you were drinking that night. And uh, what you look like as well. <laughs> Uh, number two, uh, must find my special helmet. Can't let the government read my thoughts. That's <laughs> uh, Alex. <laughs> uh, next one, when the weed finally hits. <laughs> um, she's pregnant. <laughs> uh oh, I lost my marbles. Uh, the voices in my head are yelling at me again. Uh, next one, the original duck face. <laughs> uh, did I leave the stove on? <laughs> uh, this one's quite similar when you think you left the stove on and all those charges just hit the bank account at once and then diarrhea strikes did you write, did you write that one <laughs> um, this one what happened to my hair that's definitely what you wrote <laughs> uh, uh, the last two here me during an Iggy Azalea concert <laughs> and really specific <laughs> Howard the Duck ain't got shit on me. <laughs> I think number two for me. Which one was number two? <laughs> Must find my special helmet. Yeah. No, that wasn't number two, was it? I, was. I quite like Original Duck Face. I thought it was Original sweet. Duck Face was, was a clever one, sweet. I thought. Yeah. Original Duck Face? Yeah. Okay, so congratulations to our good friends, the Contrarians. You have just won yourself a Freddo. <laughs> uh, they were complaining the other day that they haven't won one for a while. But <laughs> I, need to fucking try I didn't want to say yeah. you need to be funnier but uh, no, no I'm joking congratulations thank you very much Julio and Alex uh, so just before we call it a day we wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends Ryan L. Terry so Ryan is a film critic he writes reviews of current movies on his blog rlterryrealview.com and uh, reading his reviews it's no surprise that this guy is a screenwriting teacher because his reviews are always very engaging and informative uh, you can check out his one of his most recent ones anyways most recent reviews is for detective pikachu as well so check that out he I thought it was all right actually i think he was he's more he was more positive than he was negative anyway so as i said so you know take this film, what he says where the pinch of <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's more to do with the film being a very sort of hit and miss yeah. you know like people some people love it some people just do not like it at all uh, anyway so uh, you can follow him on twitter as well uh, at ryan l terry and yeah check him out it's very funny and just before we call it a day again just want to check from Dave. Do you have any trivia for us this week? Uh, did anyone recognise the film that was being showed in um, Tim's dad's oh, apartment? Oh, it was um, 
The film yeah. that's in Home Alone. The fake film from Home Alone, Angels with Dirty yeah. Faces. It is a little uh, inwards nod there for the, from the uh, film producers. Yeah, I thought that was very funny, to be honest, yeah. how they included that. Um, Best thing about the film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our next bonus film on trial has been picked out of the hat at random. And next month, it will be Men in Black International. So... All of the roles have been picked out that has at random, however, to spice things up a little bit. So in the role of defense, it is going to be Captain Dave. In the role of prosecution, it's going to be Alex. In the roles of character witnesses are going to be myself and Joel, which means that the judge is going to be you, Ozzy. So good luck with that one. I cannot wait. It could literally end up on any list or no list altogether. Uh, so, uh, yes, just wanted to say... Thank you to everybody who has listened to this episode so far. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many ears as possible. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Film Trials. Check out our fantastic graphic artist, Winston Sang, while you're there too, at the underscore quirks. And also check out our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. And remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, Films on Trial. So, Pokemon whatever it's called detective pikachu is a shit and we will be in your ears next week when scheduling commences with crossroads or our next bonus episode next month with mystery international men on fire whatever it's called (laughs) who cares i'll see you later